Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Today we're going to jump in and we're going to spend a few minutes on receiving God's divine healing. How do we receive divine healing? And then we're going to be praying for the sick afterwards. Pastor Michael and myself will be praying over you and believe in God to touch you. So let faith arise in your heart as we're speaking through this. You know, as I was studying this, Pastor Michael, it's very interesting. There are many ways to receive healing found in scriptures. How many of you notice that Jesus did a lot of different things? Sometimes he would spit in the mud. Anybody up for that tonight? We can go out in the mulch and we can practice what Jesus did. He would lay hands on people. He would speak to people. He would say, go wash in the pool. Many ways that people received healing. Why would there be so many different ways to receive healing? Because God loves his kids. And I saw something this week studying this that I'd never seen before. All methods of healing are an extension of God's love and compassion. Tonight, we're going to look at five or six ways that people received healing in the scriptures. Every method of healing is because God meets people on different levels, and God meets people where you are. How many of you know we're in different levels with the Lord? God meets us where we are, and that's why there's so many different levels and examples of how to receive healing. But in all the examples of healing in the scripture, there is one common element. There's one common thread, one common theme that weaves its way through every example of healing in the Bible. Anybody want to guess what that is? It's faith. It's either faith on the recipient. Thank you to my mother. She must listen to my sermons, praise God. You've been reading my notes. It's faith. There's one common element in every healing in the Bible. It's faith. Either the faith of the recipient, either the faith of the person making the request, or or we see the faith of uh, the apostle, somebody in the equation had faith. There are no healings in Scripture apart from faith. Not one. You can't find one. That element is throughout the Bible. Why? Because God will not force His will on anyone. How many of you wish God would force His will on people? Man, my life would be a lot better. (laughs) I was just praying today over some things at work and some clients that I'm working with and some things are going south on some of the files, and I was I was praying over those and claiming scriptures and praying God's favor, and I wish God could make people do things because I would control their will at that moment. But how I many know that's called witchcraft? <laughs> so God will not force his will on another. So let's talk about this element of faith. I, I've always believed in, in the God part and the man part. The God part is huge. The man part is very, very small. But it, it is, there is an element of man's faith involved in receiving from the Lord. So look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Very popular scripture. You could quote this, but I just want to pull something out that maybe you've not seen. Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you've been saved. And we talked last week that that word saved also means saved, healed, delivered, made whole. So you could say, by grace you've been delivered. If you struggle with addiction, if you struggle with an addiction of lust, if you struggle with a substance addiction, if you struggle with an addiction to depression, it is by grace that you've been delivered. But it also says through faith. So the grace is God's part. And the faith is my part. But even the faith is a gift of God. Even the faith that I have to believe in God's grace came from Him. And why would God even give me a measure of faith to receive His grace? Because He loves me. Because He wants me walking in His grace and in His fullness. Look at Matthew 21 and verse 22. We're going to just 
let scripture talk to us tonight. And I'm not trying to talk you into anything. If you're listening to this podcast in the middle of who knows where, I'm not trying to talk you into healing because if I talk you into it, then anybody can come along and talk you out of it. I'm trying to let God's word talk us into everything. Notice this here. The Bible declares in Matthew 21, whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith, really believing you will receive. Notice this here, having faith, really believing, you will receive. What does Hebrews 11, 1 say? The Bible declares faith is the confidence. What was our goal for this healing series? To give you confidence, to give you hope. What is faith? Faith is a confident hope that it will actually happen. Well, this faith is so complicated. Faith seems so mystical. No, 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 no. Faith is a confident hope that it will actually happen. When I come down to the healing line to receive from God, faith is I have a very high, confident hope that it's actually going to happen and it's going to happen to me. And it's not just going to happen to the guy on TV. It's going to happen to me. I'll never forget this time, maybe last year, we got a very devastating phone call that Meshach, our dear brother here, had a major car accident and uh, was flown by LifeStar to UT. Pastor Michael was there, BJ was there, and he was flown to UT Medical Center by LifeStar, and they thought he had broken necks and the, uh, maybe some brain damage, and the initial uh, diagnosis was didn't seem, seem great. How many know they don't just Willy nearly fly you to UT by helicopter, amen? There's cheaper ways to get to UT hospital than flying there by Lifestar. Well, I'll tell you, because of God's healing power, because of faith, because of a confident hope that it's actually going to work, not only did he leave the hospital, he walked out of the hospital the same night. Can we give God thanks for his protection and his healing power? I don't think you heard me. He flew in and walked out the same night. We serve an awesome God, amen? And if you don't believe in healing, it's too late to talk Meshach out of that. Now, did he have to walk through some things and trust God and and work through some uh, things? Absolutely. But God was there, and faith was a confident hope that it was actually going to happen, and it was actually going to happen to me. Say this with me because this is important. I'm not just having you say something to be saying it, but, but you need to hear yourself. There's nobody you believe more than yourself. So say, I believe... The Word of God will actually come to pass in my life. I believe it will actually happen because so many people, they have this this loose hope, but it's not built on confidence. The closer you get to God, the more confidence you have. This is in my notes somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I'm going to say it because it's coming out of me right now. So I may repeat it later. Just forgive me if I do. But God does not heal He is a healer. Let me explain. God doesn't do love. God is love. It is who God is. To know God is to know love. Would you agree? To know God is to know healing. It's in his divine nature. It's so much in his nature that he put it in his name. In the Bible, in the book of Exodus, God revealed himself as, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. You cannot separate God from healing. It's not just something he does. It's who he is. It's his divine nature. It's his divine character. It's so much the divine nature of God that he created your body to heal itself. Well, maybe this sickness was God's will. Well, then your body is actively fighting against the will of God. 
Because if you cut yourself, you come in here next week, guess what? That arm is going to be just a little bit better. You may not even have a scar. You, you have antibodies and antiviruses in your body right now that if a disease comes in or a sickness comes in or a, a food poisoning comes in, you know, I don't want to be gross here, but do you know why you vomit when you get food poisoning? Your body's expelling the poison because your body is taught to heal itself. Instantly, if the flu virus comes in your body, white blood cells and antibodies attack that virus. Why? Because God designed your body to be healed. He designed nature to help us in our healing. That's why food that grows in the ground is better than food in the grocery store. Can I have an amen? I say that with some conviction because I did eat some Vienna sausages today. Hallelujah. How many know that's just fancy cat food? But even, that's what my wife says. We'll open that, those things, and they are nasty. To be as picky as I am, that is really surprising that I actually eat those little Vienna wieners. And now my son, my son like craves them. He's like, hey, Dad, can we stop and get some Vienna wieners? How many kids stop and ask you for Vienna wieners? Please pray for my children. Yeah, but when you eat, when you eat vegetables, somebody say vegetable. When you eat something green, somebody say green. It helps heal your body because God designed it that way because he loves us so much. So we won't take time to look at it, Jared, but, uh, you know, faith, faith is, a, is a major, major part of receiving from God. What is faith? It is a confident hope that it will actually happen for me. Uh, remember Mark chapter 6, we may look at verse 5. Remember Mark chapter 6, Jesus went to his hometown. And the Bible declares that they said, isn't this Joe's boy? Isn't this the son of Mary? Look, here's his brothers and sisters. Where does he get all this wisdom? Where does he get this power? And the Bible, clear, this, is the, this is the saddest verse, I believe, in all the Bible. The Bible says there in his hometown, Jesus It says, he could do, no, not he would not. He could not do any great miracle there except lay his hands on a few sick folk and heal them. Now, let me know, in our circles today, we'd be happy to lay our hands on a few little sick folk, see little sick folk healed. But I mean, it wasn't quite what Jesus was accustomed to when he's raising the dead and putting on limbs and (laughs) seeing deaf eyes, deaf ears open. And Jesus, he could do no miracle. Why? Look at verse 6. Look what doubt, look at verse 6, look what doubt and unbelief, go back, Jared, look at what doubt and unbelief did in the life of Jesus. Verse 6, and he wondered at their unbelief. So if doubt and unbelief hindered the ministry of Jesus, do you think it can hinder the ministry of Jesus in our life? Now let me just share this, I want to express this in a way that will help you, and if I make a mess of it, Pastor Michael can clean it up after the service, amen? But I want to just express this in a way, because there's two levels here. Let me go back to where I said God will not force his will on another. Everyone in this room, we have known people, and we've loved people, and we've prayed for people that were godly people, and they did not receive their healing on the earth, and and we're faced with kind of a dichotomy. Well, why didn't they get healed and this and that? And so I believe in praying for people. I believe in agreeing and I believe in praying for other people. And I've seen God do a lot of great, cool things in the lives of other people. I shared the testimony of a coworker who had a pancreas tumor on his pancreas that just exploded, size of a grapefruit. He's laying there basically clinically dead. God raised him up. I mean, it, it's awesome to see that. But I cannot explain why some people don't receive or are not healed. There's so many factors involved. 
So when you teach a session like this, automatically everything that I say, you view through that lens because it hurts and we don't understand. And we've all had those losses where our faith didn't seem to work. God will never superimpose his will on another, and we don't know everything that's going on there. So what I'm teaching you tonight is not to answer the question why that person didn't receive healing. What I'm teaching you tonight is how you and in your family can personally receive healing. There's a whole nother level of ministering healing to other people and letting God use you to be a healing agent. And we want to talk about that and teach that. And that's scriptural. We need to do that. But the primary goal of this teaching is so at 3 a.m. in the morning, CJ knows how to get a hold of God and receive healing. The primary goal of this teaching is so when Mary is faced with something in her life, in her life, she knows how to activate the promises of God and receive healing. Yes, we want to learn to receive healing for ourselves, and then we want to learn how to give it away and minister healing. But my goal in this series is to at least get you in this church, in this body, where you are walking in and seeing the divine health and healing that God promised us, you will never be able to correctly minister healing until you've learned how to appropriate it in your own life. Does that make sense? So I, I want to help you there because my goal is, and I can't explain all those, but my goal is for Angie to learn these principles. And when sickness and disease comes into her house, she has something to say about it. And she has something to do about it. So let me give you real quickly, there are six ways. We won't look at all them or at least in depth. Pull that screen up, Jared. There's six ways in the Bible that we see prominent ways. There's more. These are the most prominent ways that people received healing. Number one, laying on of hands, anointing with oil, prayer of agreement. People received healing through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, faith in God's word. And then there's also the element of supernatural signs and wonders, which really kind of connects with four, uh, number four. But this is the primary way that people receive healing. Tonight, we're going to uh, minister healing to you. Uh, you're going to put faith in God's word, and we're going to lay hands on you. That's And we're going to come into agreement. We're going to activate several of these tonight. So let's just jump in. Number one, laying on of hands. I want to show you some biblical examples of how people received, and it was by the laying on of hands. This is interesting. Write this down. The laying on of hands seems to work even when other things will not work. Well, prove that in Scripture. Mark chapter 6, we just read it. Jesus couldn't do any great miracle except lay his hands on a few sick people. So even when Faith was not there strong, even when things, other methods weren't working. It seems to be there is, it, it see, I don't, I hate to use the preferred method, but I will say that cautiously. It seems to be God's preferred method to receive healing is by the laying on of hands. Now, we can see that in the life of the unbeliever. We can see that in the life of the believer. There's nothing magical in my hands. What it, it's a point of contact. It's a release of the Holy Spirit flowing, and I can't explain it. I don't know why God chose that. But it's, it's a method that he chose. It's one of the foremost ways people receive healing. How many have ever had hands laid on you for healing? How many know it doesn't have to be, Jim, can I use an example? Is, is your hair all fixed? Is it, can I mess up your hair? Is it is okay? Okay. How many know laying on hands doesn't be, have to be like this? How many know? It might be. Man, it, and if that works, man, praise God. Put them on me. But it doesn't have to be. How many know? It can, it can be here. And men, if you're... Praying with ladies, it can just be a simple touch. It can, I mean, it doesn't have to be. The Bible doesn't say how you lay on hands. 
just says to lay on hands. And I love my little Lillian. She's so sweet. We're teaching her this now. And I'll say, I'll say, Lillian, come here. Mommy's resisting a, a sickness or a fever. Come lay your hands. And she'll come and she'll, she, she doesn't know how to put it. She's like, here. Well, that ain't working. Then she goes here. And then she goes here. She's all over the place. But we're teaching our babies at three years old that God moves when we lay our hands on people in faith. Look at Luke chapter 13. There's a woman who for 18 years, I mean, no, that's a long time. How many know if you had a sickness and disease for 18 years, you might just give up that your time is never coming. You might just give up that your day has passed. For 18 years, there was a woman who had a sickness caused by an evil spirit, and she was bent over double and could not straighten up at all. Look at verse 12. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. Notice this here. I want to teach you something. This is one way you can minister healing to people. He said, woman, you are free from your sickness. Notice he spoke to the root cause. He didn't say, woman, you are free from bending over. Bending over is the symptom. He went right to the sickness. That word is also infirmity. The word freed here could actually be translated, you are set free and divorced. You are legally divorced, legally separated from your sickness. So he spoke a command. Say that with me. He spoke a command. He spoke a command. That's why many times when we pray for you, we will speak over you. And and we're not, notice he didn't pray, Lord, if it is your will today, please heal this dear sister. He didn't take any time to consult the Lord because he'd already been in fellowship with God. He already knew the will of God. And he spoke to, what did he speak to? He spoke to the woman and he spoke to the sickness. You are free from your sickness. Say that with me. Ready? You are free from your sickness. Now look what happens in verse 13. So he speaks a command, and then he laid his hands on her. This is a biblical pattern that we can follow. Not the only method, but it is a method. And the Bible says, immediately she was made erect and began glorifying God. When did she glorify God? When she received the healing. The sickness for 18 years wasn't bringing God any glory. God was glorified when she received her healing. So he spoke, and then he laid his hands on her. Now, people were always looking to Jesus to touch them. Remember the children? He said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And he put his hands on them, and he blessed them. Look at Mark chapter 8. Here's another example. It says, they were coming to Bethesda. And they brought a blind man to Jesus, imploring him to touch him. They were begging, please touch our friend. Verse 23, taking the blind man by the hand, he brought him out of the village. And after spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked, do you see anything? Now, notice this here. There was a distinction between, notice this here. There is a distinction between taking him by the hand and leading him out of the city He had to get him away from the unbelief. He had to separate from that unbelieving situation. There was a distinction. Just Jesus just touching you wasn't, he had to activate something where he laid hands on in a specific way where faith was released. So notice this here. He led him out of the city, spit in the mud, laid his hands on him and said, do you see anything? When we pray for people to be healed, I'm going to ask, do you feel anything? Do you see anything? Maybe you do. That's great. Maybe you don't. That's okay. But Jesus asked, do you see anything? Look at verse 24. This is one of the most perplexing scriptures in all the Bible. If you want to be honest with scripture and be a student of the Bible, this is hard to explain. But there's so much involved. So he, he, the man looked up, he said, I see men, but they, they look like trees walking all around. And you know, 
Thank God he's partially there. He's halfway there, but he's not quite got it all together. So Jesus said, well, I'm sorry. Just must not be your day. Go on about your way. No, not at all. Look what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus got so disappointed that his faith didn't work that he said, I'll never pray for anybody else ever again. What happened? It's, I must have sin in my life, you know. What happened? Obviously not. You know we're teasing there. Jesus didn't go cry in a corner that, is, that the miracle didn't happen the first time. What did he do? He went at it again. We, we pray one time for a guy in a wheelchair, and he doesn't get up, and we get discouraged and walk away. Look what Jesus did. So he laid his hands on him again, then again, then again. He laid his hands on his eyes, and he looked intently, and he was restored, and he began to see everything clearly. Ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus had to lay his hands on someone twice, then dear me, it might take me 10, 12, 15 times. Why do we give up? Why do we settle for partial restoration? Why do we settle for partial healing? Why don't we keep believing God until we see the results that we're believing God for? Does that make sense? So Jesus laid his hands on him. Um, I wrote this in my notes. Sometimes healing is a process, and this scripture validates that. Sometimes healing is a process. Uh, Luke 17, 14, remember the 10 lepers that were healed? And the Bible, I love this. The Bible says, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, Luke 17, 14. And the Bible says, as they were going, they were cleansed. So Jesus commanded, prayed over them. And as they went, the process began to unfold and work itself out. Ladies and gentlemen, this scripture is true. I was in India, sick, 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 supposed to preach that morning. And I'd had some bad food that night before. I didn't sleep all night, just praying to the Lord. Supposed to preach that morning. And this scripture became alive in my heart. As they went, they were healed. Now, I wouldn't recommend you just getting up going and because it could have been a very messy faith experiment had I not really heard from the Lord because I'd had issues that night. And how you know when you're in a packed van with 15 people and you're in the heat and, and you don't want to be that guy? You know what I'm saying? That guy that gets sick in the middle of the van. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be that guy. So this could have been a very terrible, messy faith experiment. But I knew I had a word from God. I had a revelation. I became one with the scripture, and the scripture became one with me. As they went, they were healed. And I'll never forget, BJ, never as long as I live. I'm standing there in the worship service, and I'm holding my mouth closed. And I'm in a cold sweat. I don't want to be crassy, but have you ever tried not to vomit? You know what I'm talking about? He was like, if I move, it's coming. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all too holy in here tonight. I was in the cold sweats. I was holding my mouth, honestly. And there's a thousand, he's never vomited. There's a thousand people in this auditorium, and I'm on the front row, and I'm like one of the only Caucasians in the building. Everybody's looking at me. And I'm like barely, and you know what? I, I sense Holy Spirit say, just lift your hands and worship. I'm holding my mouth. Lift your, I just lifted my hands. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Hope it works. And man, as soon as I lifted my hands and began to praise God, all that sickness went away. I was totally, got to preach that morning. It was awesome. God moved in a great way. But the reason I was able to receive that was because it says, as they went. I laid in my bed half the night sick. It would have been great for me to have just prayed one time and instantly been done and been in. But then I wouldn't have this great story to share with you. Amen. As they went, 
they were healed. Luke 4.40, Jesus went out laying his hands on each of them, and he was healing them. Uh, you know that Paul received his sight in Acts chapter 9. Uh, Ananias came. This is awesome. Remember, Paul was then saw, and he was laying in bed blind because he had been struck by the light. And, and uh, the brother Ananias came, and the Bible says, laid his hands on him. Guess what? Ananias was not an apostle. He was not a pastor. The Bible says a disciple. He was not one of the original 12. He was, a, how many of you in this room say, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a learner of Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. God used an ordinary man to lay hands on Saul and Saul received his sight. That means God can use me to lay my hands on people and see great and mighty things. Number two, the second way people received is they were anointed with oil. And I've always wondered about oil. Why would God choose oil? This week, I, f I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me a question. Has the Holy Spirit ever asked you a question? I was asking the Lord, why did you choose oil? And this is just, this is my funny sense of humor with the Holy Spirit. In my heart, I, I sense the Lord say, would it have been better if I smothered people in chocolate pudding? <laughs> and I said, oil's not that bad, all right? Okay, so no big deal with oil. But let me talk to you about anointing with oil. The oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. How many of you going to go home and try that chocolate pudding method? Praise God. <laughs> I pictured it in my head, just Jesus smearing chocolate pudding on people. And I really said, Bethany, I said, okay, oil's not that bad. I can accept that you chose oil. It's not that bad. And so oil represents, it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Look at James chapter 5 and verse 13. You know this, you could quote it, is anyone among you suffering? This again validates that it's God's will to heal anyone. He didn't say, let's take 10 minutes and see who God wills to heal today. He's in his congregation of potentially thousands. And he's, of course, writing this letter to his, to his people and his other churches. And he says, is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. I want to say this in a very kind way, in a very compassionate way. Lord, help me say this, and if it doesn't come out right, let the ears of the hearers hear it right. There's different levels between baby Christians and mature Christians, right? You understand that? I receive healing now as a mature believer differently than God may permit and allow a new believer to receive healing. Does that make sense? Because God meets us where they are. I cannot be in my sickness and my infirmity where I am with the Lord and just not be in the Word, not be in prayer, not seeking God's face, and just wait for Pastor Michael to do all the praying for me. So many believers, that's why people run to healing meetings, and thank God for healing meetings. But And when I say this, don't hear me wrong, but they don't want to put the work in, not working for, not earning or deserving. We're never going to get into that ditch. But they don't want to put the work in to meditate day and night. Scripture says meditate on the Word day and night. So as a mature believer... I would love to just lay there and just let Pastor Michael do all my praying and all my seeking God and all my worshiping and all my reading my scriptures. And I'm not doing any of that to get God to heal me. I'm doing that so James gets in position to receive what God wants me to have. Now, baby Christian, man, they may not have, they may not know anything about nothing. And man, God can just use Pastor Michael's faith and they can lean on his faith. 
My kids right now lean on my faith. Ava is really starting to get to the point where she can receive healing on her own. There's going to be a time when my kids no longer receive based on my faith. Right now, Lillian and Tate especially, they receive from God based on mom and dad believing God. But there will come a day when Lillian and Tate must believe God for themselves. I'm teaching my kids this now. Just the other day, Noah had a vomit. Uh, That seems to be the topic tonight. (laughs) Noah had an upset stomach. And we went down and we prayed and we spoke over him and believed God. And it was just a one-time deal and it was done. Who knows if it could have been an ongoing thing. He was done, better up, running around, doing what kids do. But there's going to be a day where, yes, I will agree with you. Yes, I'll add my faith with you. There's going to become a day where Ava and Noah must receive from God on their own. That's why the Bible says he must pray. Don't just wait on your pastor to do all the praying. Why did we buy you a book and invest in you and give you a book called Pray the Word? It wasn't just because we need something to spend money on as a church. It's because you can invest in the Word of God and you can see the promises of God work in your life. Now, if you need us to help and pray, join our faith. Man, we'll do it all day long. But the Bible says he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Look at verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Is any of you sick? Then he must call. He must call the elders of the church. I love this. The calling for the elders of the church is actually releasing faith. That, that maybe they don't have enough faith to receive in their own at that moment. You can call the... So the actual calling for people to pray with you is actually an act of faith. Let him call for the elders of the church. They are to pray over him, anointing him with oil. In the name of the Lord. But it's not the oil that does the trick. That's a symbol. Thank God for it. But look at verse 15. This tells you where the power comes from. The prayer that is offered in. What's the common thread to every healing in the Bible? Faith. What is faith? A confident hope it's actually going to happen to me. The prayer offered in faith will restore. I love it. Restore. The one who is sick. Sometimes healing is a restoration process. And the Lord will raise them up. Committed sins, they will be forgiven. Mark 6.13, they went out and preached everywhere that men should repent. They cast out demons. They anointed the sick with oil and healed them. Number three, we're going to close this out. The prayer of agreement. There is power in agreement. How many know there's also power in disagreement? The power to undo what agreement can do. That's why we're so big on unity. That's why we're so big even in our staff meetings with our pastoral staff. We may not always agree on everything, but when we leave the meeting, we are in agreement. We're in agreement. We love God. We love people. We love His church. There's power in agreement. I love it when you ask me to pray with you because we're coming into agreement. Be careful what you're agreeing for. Make sure it actually lines up with God's Word. Look at Matthew 18. Truly I say, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say, if two or more of you agree, that word agree is, is the Greek word symphoneo. We get our English word symphony from it. It means to be in harmony together. If two or more of you agree on anything, go to verse 19. If two or more of you agree on anything, that you may ask, it shall be done for you by my Father who is in heaven. Don't forget, truly I've told you, verse 20, where two or three are gathered, in my name, there I am in the midst. Tonight, when you come down for prayer, we're agreeing with you. This is faith. Our confident hope is that it will actually happen for you. We're coming into agreement. 
Number four, we won't spend much time on it. It's a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. I will just leave you with 1 Corinthians 12, 1. The Bible says that in, in verse 30, when we are to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Three of them deal with healings. It's miracles, faith, and, and the gifts of healings. So a third of the spiritual gifts deal with divine healing. What I want to focus on as we close this session today is number five. Faith in God's Word. BJ talked about it last week, God's medicine. And this is our last point before we take some time and pray together. My conviction, this is my conviction. I, scripture doesn't point to this, Jim, per se, and say this. But my conviction is this is the primary way us in this room will receive healing. How many of you are a believer in Christ and you've been more than for like a day? Amen? We're learning here. We're growing. My primary conviction is that, thank God for all the other methods, but my primary conviction is this is the way that we receive healing from the Lord. Look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. And Jared, there's a song in Spotify called Healing is Here. And I want you to load that up if you can. We're going to take a minute and just, just you've got one good, perfect, awesome. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 says this, My son... Pay attention to my words. That's why I love you coming on Wednesday nights because you're paying attention to God's word. It says, be willing to learn them. Open your ears to my sayings. I mean, you can hear something, but there's a difference between healing and being open and, and willing to learn. Proverbs 4, verse 21, do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. This is what I want you to see in verse 22. The word of God is life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. When you put faith in God's word, let's say this together, ready? For the word of God, ready they are, life to those who find them, and healing and health to all their flesh. I love praying for people for healing because it's the compassion of God flowing towards his creation. But I would rather honestly see this. I would be okay if I never had to pray for healing for you again. I love healing. I'll pray for you every day for healing. But God would like us to meditate on his word, on his medicine. I'm going to say it. It's corny, but I'm going to say it. we got to take our vitamin C. <laughs> Amen. Vitamin Christ. Our vitamin B, believing. We've got to take our vitamin A, accepting what God wants during our life. Should I keep going? Our vitamin D, I don't have anything for. But this, is it. this is what I'm saying. God's medicine. My words. Take them in. My words are life to those who find them. Why do you find them? Because Satan is hiding the words from us because he's veiling our hearts. The words of God are life. Say that with me. The words of God are life. Say this. Say, the words of God are life to me. So search for them. One translation in the, in the Hebrew, when it says, pay attention to my words, it actually means to perk up your ears. How many of you have ever had a little dog or cat at home? How I many of the dogs have tremendous ears? And they'll, they'll go, ooh, 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 and they'll perk up their ears when they hear something outside. We need to be, oh, did you say something about healing? Did you say something about God's Word? Did you say something about the, the favor of God? Our ears need to perk up, and we need to pay attention. Their health and life to all of their flesh. Last thing I want to show you is, is Matthew nine twenty two. Matthew 9, 22, the woman who had had, go on down to verse 22, woman who with the issue of blood, 12 years, spent all the money she had on doctors. 
we receive faith by, and healing by faith in God's word. Notice this here. Jesus turning to the woman, issue of blood, bleeding for 12. Daughter, take courage. Your faith, your faith has made you well. So tonight I'm asking you just release your faith in how much God loves us. You're not coming down to receive healing because you're good enough. You're coming down to receive healing because Jesus was good enough. You're not coming down to receive healing because you've done everything right. You're coming down to receive healing because Jesus did everything right. This is a promise to us, and we can receive it. So play that song. Let's close our eyes for just a minute. Meshach, Jim, would you come move this podium out of the way? I want to get us a little space here. Let's close our eyes for just a moment. I just want you to meditate on how much God loves you. Just meditate on the Lord.